they're having to hide Christians in Afghanistan because if they were found out that they were Christians, did, did we realize that they would be shot on the spot? That's what's happening. The reason I know this is because I've just spoken to our um, um, uh, the president for the missions in Australian Christian churches, John Hunt, this week, and he was telling me what's happening in Afghanistan because he's well aware. Because we have two missionaries from the Australian Christian churches that have parked their lives for the last 30 years ministering to people in Afghanistan. And they actually live over the border in Pakistan by 60 kilometers. And what they're doing, um, they've lived there for 30 years, going into Afghanistan, ministering, sharing the Lord Jesus, helping people um, practically, and bringing many to Christ. And what they do now, right now, is they're hiring buses and getting people to the border, Christians, and bringing them into Pakistan where it's a safe place. Uh, that's happening right now um, as we speak. And um, I was just so touched by um, it just... Do you know these Afghanistans who are coming out of Afghanistan and are just parking them, their lives in, 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 in Pakistan there and waiting? What you know what they're waiting for? Because they believe there'll come a day when they'll be able to go back to their home country and share Jesus again and afresh. And I believe that, you know, often history tells us when there's a great um, persecution of a country, the gospel and the good news of Jesus gets even, you know, in history, in time to come, it'll be even preached stronger. So look out, hey, if Jesus doesn't come back, hey, look what God could do in that country, hey? I believe it. And so these uh, precious missionary couple are there ministering and sharing. And um, we, we mentioned last week that we were going to take up an offering. Do you know, um, in the last uh, two weekends, um, as a movement, Australian Christian churches have taken up $180,000 for that couple, not for them personally, but for them to to bring, um, help the people in Afghanistan and those who need to come out or want to come out for safety. And once they come over the border, they give them um, homes, they give them food, they give them clothing, they give them a safe place for a season until they can go back, which may be a long season. Um, and so we said we'd take up an offering. Now, we're not going to physically take up an offering, but today you can give towards that. Um, and you can give online. Just mark it Afghanistan, please. If you can give um, via FPOS this morning, just take your little uh, receipt, slip and write Afghanistan and slip it in the box. Or you can give literally into the offering, tithes and offering box. And you could probably, if there's any old um, uh, envelopes there, first fruits, you could just scribble Afghanistan across it and put it in. That'd be fine. Um, so... Um, I, I, it's more than just the money. It's just that, that I, I can't go. You and I can't go. But we could at least provide for those who can go. So um, that's my heart. It's simply that, folks. It's simply that. I am blessed in this nation. And I think I'm blessed to be a blessing. And so my appeal today is unapologetic because I just know that the gospel of Christ will continue to be preached there. And there is an incredible need. And where there's persecution, people rise up with the message of Jesus, don't they? And so that's happening. It really did touch me. Did you know that Christians were murdered in this last fortnight? You know how they were murdered in Afghanistan? They were made open their phones. And if they've got the Bible app that maybe you and I have got, or any kind of Christian apps on there, they were shot directly. No questions asked, just shot and, and murdered on the streets. And so um, <laughs> that really pulls at my heartstrings. And, um, you know, and, and, and maybe some of them are willing to do that because it's a promotion to heaven. But uh, it'll be great to see them um, maybe alive and continue to proclaim Christ. But we give that to God today. So, so that's a need. But remember, you know, in tithes, we bring our tithes. It's not a, it's not a giving of tithes. It's a bringing. But in offerings, we, we give. 
It's a giving. So there's a difference, isn't there? We bring our tithes, but give our offerings. Um, just to talk about giving, um, next Sunday after the 10.30 service, our youth will be having a sausage sizzle. Uh, and the reason they're doing that is just to raise a little bit of cash to take to pro- to provide for young people to go to extreme conference at the end of this month. So t- you can come prepared for that to have a sausage sizzle or, or give a donation towards them because they every year we, I think we've taken about 30 or more young people in a couple little buses and just a brilliant time, amazing time, touches young people's hearts. And so that'll be happening in Mackay, and uh, next Sunday uh, that sausage sizzle will be happening again. Um, so that's good. Uh, you might have noticed, maybe you didn't have a chance, but on the information table out there, Operation Christmas Child boxes are out there. If you don't know what Opera- Operation Christmas Child, it's simply taking a box. It's un- it's kind of deconstructed at the moment, but you take one of those flat boxes, you reconstruct it as a, like a shoebox, and you put items in there, and those items go all over the world for children who don't receive Christmas presents. So that ha- is happening. You can grab one. The only um, thing stipulation is please grab one with the intent to actually fill it, not to leave it at home, but to actually fill it and bring it back by next, the end of next month. And they'll go out all over the world, Operation Christmas Child. So is that cool? Yep. Brilliant. You're looking good today. Uh, uh, we might just take the lights just slightly up. And because uh, it's Father's Day, if you have noticed... <laughs> Uh, is there any dads here today who are wearing their Father's Day gift? Scott, shirt, Tristan, what are you wearing? The shirt, Scott's got a, um, if you, you got to look at Scott's family. He, Liz has got the shirt, the dress, and if you see Noah, their little girl, she's got the dress as well, all in the same pattern, amazing. Okay, just put your orders in with Liz. Um, any, so Scott, who else, sorry, yes, Joel, shoes. Anybody else? Any other dads wearing their? Yes, yeah, yes, Steve. What? Oh, haircuts. Oh, oh, come on. <laughs> this morning we had two dads who got watches. I only thought you got them when you retired, but there you go. So, uh, we're well done. I didn't miss anybody. Is anybody eaten their Father's Day gift yet? Breakfast? That was the Father's Day. Was it a good breakfast? Great. <laughs> Sounds like, uh, well, the best is yet to come because we've got another so many hours to uh, revel in Father's Day. Um, hopefully today, fathers, you don't have to change any nappies. They'll let you, let you, you don't have to wash up today. Uh, maybe you'll just hopefully get today relax or whatever it may be for you, but uh, enjoy it. I thought we just, uh, today we, in acknowledging dads, because I think, you know, um, it was God's idea that we actually have mums and dads. Uh, so we want to acknowledge dads today. So all the dads, would you stand up this morning? Um, come on, you've got to stand up again, please. Yes, yes. No, 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 come on. Yeah, give them a hand. Here they are. <laughs> we want to acknowledge you. Uh, so we uh, just wanted to have a little bit of a competition. Is that cool? No one will be embarrassed. Okay. Promise, uh, but we just wanted to acknowledge you today, and we just wanted to ask you some questions today as a dad, and uh, see how far. Uh, see today, what we have is a, a fifty-dollar Bunnings voucher up for grabs. Okay, Pastor Malcolm has them. There's three of them you could win. Oh, only two? Why is that? No, you really can't do that. <laughs> oh well, we'll see if you win something this time. 
Um, so we're going to ask some questions uh, to you, and there's some stipulations. Uh, like the first question is the newest father. So the stipulations are we just need to get the ground rules so we have no fathers punching each other out over the Bunnings vouch. I'm sure that won't happen, but anyway. The, 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 um, the stipulation, this is for children who have been born, uh, okay, outside the womb, because we don't want you to have to be pressured to make an announcement this morning you didn't want to make, okay? Uh, so it's for children outside the womb. Um, it, does, it does include any children you've cared for, whether fostered, whether uh, adopted or just cared for them over a longer period, okay? So not just, so all those children. Um, in the event of a father winning two categories this morning, we will acknowledge you as the winner, but the second place person will receive the gift if you've already received one, okay? Uh, the other stipulation, in the event of two fathers being eligible to win the first prize, we'll acknowledge both. One of you has got, you can take the voucher, the other will get a voucher to you. Is that good? There's the ground rules. Here we go. Stay standing this morning. I've got to find the question. Stay standing this morning if you've become a father in the last four years. Some of them are thinking about that. You sure? You sure, Steve? <laughs> Stand anyway. You sure? You sure, Joel? You're not sure either? Come on, stand up if you've been. Okay. Um, stay, stay standing. Just ask your wife. See. St stay standing if you've become a father in the last three years. Okay. You're still not sure, Steve? <laughs> okay, stay standing if you've become a father in the last two years. Okay, we're knocking them out. Stay standing if you've become a father in the last one year. Well, we still have two contenders here. <laughs> Guess what, my dear brother? You've won because the guy behind you has already got a Bunnings voucher from the 10.30. You are the man. There you go. Okay. Hey, Dads, would you just stand with me one more time? Fathers will stand up again. Is that cool? I've got another question. Father with the most children. Okay. Fathers with the most children this morning. All fathers. Okay. So stay standing today if you have two children. <laughs> Not standing. You've got more than... You've got three. <laughs> two or more. Sorry. <laughs> Ephraim, I thought you... Which one are you denying this morning? <laughs> okay, stay standing if you have three or more children. Okay, stay standing if you have four or more children. Okay, we're doing well. We've got some contenders here. Well done. Uh, stay standing if you have five or more children. Give Kenny a hand this morning. And this is a gentleman who knows how to do, he needs a Bunnings voucher. He is, he is a very good man with his hands. He, <laughs> he is a carpenter. A bit like Jesus, actually. 
I think Jesus would have been like you, Kenny. Actually, I think Jesus probably looked like you. <laughs> Beard, everything. You've got all the qualities. Um, all the grandfathers now. Just for the grandfathers, could you stand up all the granddads? Oh, <laughs> Ross, this might be your big chance. <laughs> or Bruce back there. Okay. Father with the most grandchildren, great-grandchildren, or great-great-grandchildren. Okay, stay standing if you have two grandchildren, or great-great, if you have two. At least, okay. In the running. If you have three or more. Okay, four or more. Five or more. Bruce, sorry, Bruce. Right, you're still there. Six or more. (laughs) Bruce is out. Seven or more. Okay, Ross, how many great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, how many? So that's 12. Peter, seven. Peter, sorry. Give the man a hand. <laughs> that, was, that was prophetic. I didn't, there you go. Okay. We, we, we just want to, and all that fun, we just want to say thank you to fathers today. Just want to acknowledge you as dads or grandfathers or what great great granddads today. Um, obviously, it was it was our heavenly Father's heart uh, to see families uh, be together and uh, throw throwish grow <coughs> and uh, just enjoy our life. Sorry, just got my f's mixed up there. Um, so we uh, we honour you today, dads, and appreciate you. One way we want to do that is we just want a couple of people to come and share testimonies of their dad. So I wanted to invite Steve first to come and just uh, come and share in relation a couple of thoughts about his dad. That's great. Come on. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Papa Bear. Awesome. So I'm not going to talk about James. He's cool and all, but I've got another dad. That's right. I'm going to uh, talk about my um, my father with the same last name as me. So he, uh, one of the the biggest and most key things um, that that makes him awesome is he was the the spiritual leader of our house. So everything um, that I talk about after this pretty much all goes back to that point because he he loves God. Um, he's able to use that love that God bestows upon him his children, his wife, all those sorts of things. So everything that I, disclosure, everything that I say, that's where it stems from. So the first one that I want to talk about, about my dad with the same last name, is um, quality time. So he just spent so much time with me growing up as a kid. I was a bit demanding because um, I'd like to throw a ball in the house and he'd throw it back. And then I'd throw it back to him. And then he'd throw it back to me. And that could go on for hours. Um, But he would just sit around patiently and just let me get it out of my system, release all the energy that I had, and then I'd just fall asleep and gone. But like quality time, he would just constantly spend time with me. Then he um, bought me a basketball hoop when I got a bit older, poured a slab of concrete in the front yard, and then he'd just feed me the ball. He'd be my rebounder, and I'd just be shooting hoops, feed me the ball, shooting hoops. Um, He had to do that because I loved basketball so much, but um, God didn't bless me with the thing called height. So, growing up in school, I was the shortest in the school. There was one person shorter than me, and that was a girl. Um, But everyone else was taller than me. I was the shortest. Um, So, 
Yes, so I had to learn how to shoot well because every time I went to, to go to the basketball hoop, I'd get fouled and I'd never make the shot because I'd be hit so hard in the head. Um, so I had to learn how to make the shot afterwards. So the two free throws. So he'd just keep feeding me the ball. Quality time, but not just quality time in, in the way that he wasn't around. He'd have to buy me these amazing extravagant things or do these amazing things for me. But it was also quantity time. He was just there regularly every single day. He wasn't working away. He was there spending that time with me all the time. So that's one of the big, big things. The second one is acts of service. So anyone who's read the um, Gary Chapman Love Languages book, I'm pretty much just going through them at the moment because that's my old man. Um, acts of service. So he would just drop anything to, to help out one of his children or his wife or, or whoever. Um, that was just one of his qualities. So if my sisters were like, gee, the car's looking dirty because they're one of their cars, they'd just kind of make that comment and then dad would be off you know, with the hose and the bucket and um, cleaning their cars. Or if I made a, an off comment like, oh, I need help fixing this or my grass is looking pretty long, he'd be like, oh, I'll help you mow it. So we'd be in there together mowing the grass, all that sort of thing. It didn't matter what was going on. If he was doing something and it was relatively urgent, if his kids needed help with something, he'd be there. So that's acts of service. The next one is um, just very caring and respecting. So in the home... I never saw my parents have an argument, having a, having a bit of a, um, what's the word you'd say? A blue, yeah, that's, that just sounds a bit violent. Um, even words, I never heard them back chatting each other or saying anything negative about one another. I felt very safe um, at home in regards to the relationship of my parents. So I, I, didn't, I wasn't worried about divorce. I wasn't worried if there's tension in, in the marriage. I just knew that I was in a safe place. And I'd also see my dad do sneaky little um, affectionate things to my mum, like he'd give her a little sneaky squeeze on the bottom or something like that. And I would just be like, oh, he loves my mum. Look at that. That's nice. And it taught me how to be a great husband to my wife and give her a sneaky little squeeze on the bottom as well. <laughs> dad probably didn't want to hear that over there, but anyway. Um, all, all, in, all in love, um, so that was good. He was also a great encourager. So a lot of people don't, don't realize this. My old man, he's got this real like prison face kind of look to him, a um, little bit of a mug shot, but he is the most, most caring and encouraging guy, especially in his element, like sports. So I'd be going to sporting events, and I'd just take for granted the fact that my dad was there every time, you know, cheering me on. But then I was at school one day, and... Um, and I had a, an older guy come up to me, and he was just like, hey, Steve, Steve, like kind of shy, you know, and I was like, what's up? And he's like, well, is your, is your dad coming to soccer this week? And I was like, yeah, he's always there. Of course he's going to be there. And he's like, oh, of course. And I'm like, well, why are you wondering if my dad's going to be there? And he's like, well, you know, the last couple of games that I've played, if I've, if I've got the ball and I've started running down the field with it, he'd be yelling out, go, Cody, go, Cody, and he'd be getting passionate and I, I realized that his dad wasn't there throughout the times. So he, he then looked to my dad for that affection. And I just took it for granted thinking that's what dads do. But yeah, even, even other, other kids were, were looking to my dad for that sort of encouragement. Uh, another one is he was a great teacher, um, even if I wasn't a great student. So he tried to teach me how to, how to do fishing and, and all that sort of stuff. I still don't know how to tie knots, but 
he taught me and he was great. He's such a great teacher that that's now what he's doing at work. He's a teacher trainer out at Yarwin. Um, and he taught me how to do things like how to service my car so I can do that myself. So I don't always have to go to Ford and, and get it serviced. Gary would for sweet. Sometimes while I've still got, you know, cap services, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, so I should be right going forwards. But just don't ever ask me to fix your car because I've, I've forgotten most of it. I changed my brakes. So that's pretty sweet. But probably don't ask me to change your brakes. Because, uh, yeah, I've, I've lost some of that over the years. Um, but one of the most important things that he taught me was, um, who knows in the Bible where it says that, you know, whatever you do for the least of these, you do unto me. Well, the least of these were always so attracted to my dad. No matter what he did, he'd always have these people that a lot of, a lot of my friends, you know, they'd be hanging around. And if there was one of these people, the least of these, they'd be looking for every excuse to get away from that person. They'd be like, oh, mum's calling me, better go, you know, and, and they'd send it over here. They wouldn't give them the time of the day. But everyone else would just flock to my dad because he just had such patience and he'd just give him, give him the time to talk about whatever it was, even if it was, you know, just nonsensical or, or whatever or frustrating or annoying. He'd just give them the time of the day and just be patient with them and love on them. So that's kind of rubbed off on me as well. I, I seem to have a strange amount of patience for for people. Uh, and the last one is uh, the father figure. So at home, he was, he was great to look up to. I really enjoyed having him as, as my hero at home. But now that I'm a big boy and I've left, got married and um, stole James's daughter, uh, he's, he's still being that father figure to, to lots of other people. Neighborhood kids are attracted to my old man and they'll just come into his kitchen if he's left the door unlocked and just sit there and wait for him to, to be there to be able to have coffees with him and or they'll just be in the shed with him and he'll teach him how to clean a car, weld something, whatever. And um, yeah, they were just so attracted to him. So he's just got that fatherly sort of figure where he's just encouraging kids and, and helping them out. So if having one good dad isn't enough, I managed to um, steal another one. So I'm sorry to anyone that wanted James as their dad, but I've stolen him now. So I, I'm now selfish and I've got two incredible dads um, and because as I said at the start because my my old man is um, he's the head of the household in regards to uh, spiritual life um, it's because of the love that my dad has shown me that I'm really clearly and able to understand the love that God has for me as well and and I don't have any of those um, blockages where it's, it's hard for me to understand the father's love because I, I had a father that wasn't loving. I'm just able to be like, wow, if my dad was this incredible to me, how much more is, is my God uh, even, even greater and, and loves me even more than my dad does? So even um, if I strive to be half as good as my old man was, then like I'll, I'll rephrase that. I'll, I strive to be even better than my old man was, but even if I'm only half as good as he was, then I'll still be a pretty incredible dad. So that's my old man. Thanks, guys. That's very good. Brilliant. Love that. Thanks, Steve. I know Steve's dad, obviously. He's part of their family as well, and uh, he certainly is all of that, uh, Eddie um, DeBruin. So anyway, you'll have to listen to the recording. Get your dad to listen to the recording, Steve. Hey, another, uh, another beautiful lady in our church is Dorcas, and she's just going to come and share about uh, her dad. 
Thank you, Dorcas. Hello, good morning, everyone. <laughs> um, it's um, a pleasure and an opportunity to talk about my dad. My dad is in Nigeria, and I was just saying at the first um, service how sometimes I don't know whether to celebrate Father's Day in July when we celebrate it in Nigeria or if we celebrate it in September when we do here in um, you know, Australia. But I just wanted to talk about three things um, that just came straight to mind when Pastor James asked me um, to do this. First thing was prayer, you know, and it's the first thing that comes to the minds of all myself and my siblings when we think about our dad. He is um, someone that if you have a prayer need, like for me, it's I know that if I just call him and tell him about it, I can just leave it with him. I just know it's sorted, you know. Um, he's not God, but, um, you know, I just have that assurance that if something is really bothering me, making me upset, um, getting on my nerves or whatever, if I call daddy and tell him, daddy, could you pray about this? I know, even if everyone else forgets to pray about it, that he would be praying for me. Um, so you've just come to rely and trust um, and lean on him for his prayers. Um, the second thing um, was about using his connections for us as kids. Um, my dad is he's quiet, uh, introverted, wouldn't call in favors for himself. But when it comes to his kids, if he knows someone that knows someone that can do what needs to be done, he would pick up the phone and or reach out to that person. Um, as we grew up, you know, going through school, went through uni, needing help with admissions to uni, or even after uni, maybe we needed help with placements, like for my internship or for um, booking placements for my siblings, he would just always, you know, go that extra mile to reach out to someone who could help. And we always knew that if, except if daddy doesn't know someone, if he knows someone that could help he would reach out and help us. Um, and so the third thing, and this is one that I just discovered more recently, and it really got to me because uh, I was not expecting it. So um, December 2015, we decided to visit Nigeria um, you know, so that the parents could meet the kids and our siblings and all that. And um, we have this culture back home in Nigeria where as a child, when you get that first paycheck, you know, you take a decent amount of it or whatever, you know, you have in your mind and you give it to your parents just to appreciate them for all they've done for you in raising you, sending you through school and uni and all that. And you give it to them or you decide to buy something for them or whatever. I've even known some kids who would just take the whole paycheck and give it to their parents and say, just take what you want and bless it. It's like sowing a seed for that start of your, you know, working career and things like that. And so we did that growing up, you know, when we got our first paycheck, I did that. But I didn't know that it worked in the reverse as well. So we went home and dad calls me into the room and says, come and parked the, be the bed and said I should sit by his side. And he brings out this huge sum of money and says, what is this for? And he says, oh, you know, I've got my retirement paycheck and this is for you. And I wasn't expecting that. Like, you know, 
It was something that even if it was a tradition or culture, which I didn't even know at the time, I wouldn't have expected him to give it to me because I knew that he didn't have much. And I knew that, you know, even that retirement paycheck has already been allocated and used up. You know, there's not much left. And even we in Australia here, with the needs we had back home, we would, from time to time, send things back to assist them, you know. So these are the people that you think you should be assisting to help. And here is Daddy giving me this huge sum of money. I'm sure if I said the amount in Nigeria, you know, fellow Africans here would you know, understand, and he said, this is for you, and I was so grateful, but it also just touched my heart to see this is something that I think I didn't need, I didn't need it, I thought I was comfortable, but I learned a lesson from it that even when we think we don't need something, and I thought I didn't need it, but he still thought to do what was right by me, and, and it just reminds me of our Heavenly Father, how there are things we don't even know we need, and he just still provides it for us. You know, as he said in, in Ephesians, that he's able to do exceedingly more abundantly above all that we ask or think. But even in this case, things that I didn't ask or think for, of. And so, yeah, these are just um, some of the three attributes that I appreciate in my dad and in his ability to be a father to me. Thank you. Thank you, Dorcas. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? I, I just love that principle uh, Dorcas is sharing there, just to honor. <coughs> I think money is more than just giving money. It's, it can be used, excuse me, <coughs> it can be used to honor, you know, and, and that's what's happening there, just honoring the father as she gave her paycheck, but also him honoring his children as he gives to them. So can we just all stand, uh, smile at someone, uh, just to stretch your legs for a moment? <coughs> And um, as you do that, oh, thank you, my brother. Gary, yeah, you get a blessing according to Scripture when you give a person a drink of cold water. Oh, that's better. Um, um, this morning, Scott's is going to come and share the word this morning. So why don't you give him a hand? That'd be great. Thank you. Morning. Morning, church. You can sit. Please sit. It's still weird. They did it the first service as well. It's um, so, my little girl loves My Little Pony. I'm just going to get this out there. And yes, I'm wearing a My Little Pony shirt. It is a lot, <laughs> a lot more than I would normally wear, but it's good. It's what we do as dads, isn't it? And it's so good to honour our fathers and to, to think of the good qualities they have. And the thing I value most about my dad is not that he took me to the sporting events growing up or, you know, they took us kids fishing or down the beach or on holidays. Um, it's not even that he taught me how to ride a bike, how to drive a car, how to drive a boat. It's not even that, especially as an adult, that I've realised how much he supported our family, you know, working long hours, making sure there was food on the table, all that sort of thing. And I, I love those things and I appreciate them. And, and I think of people who don't have those things. And, and I was so, so lucky, so blessed in that, that sense. But the thing I value most about my dad is that he constantly pointed me back to Scripture, back to God to God's unfailing, His inerrant, His life-giving, life-transforming, life-sustaining Word. And it's really the great calling of fathers. It says in Ephesians, to bring children up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And even now, whenever I, I catch up with my parents, whenever I see my dad, we inevitably 
end up talking about the scriptures. We end up discussing something in the word. And sometimes these conversations, they're, they're often they're arguments, they can go on for a long time, they can go on for hours. But they all seem to come to the same point, the same conclusion, that you need to trust and keep on trusting in God. Trusting in the great love of our Heavenly Father, the love that He's bestowed on such a wretched people as us, on a sinful man like myself. The need to remember His unfailing love, His mercy towards us, that we could count ourselves children of God. And I love that Dad constantly points me back to Scripture. Because the truth is, it's in the Scriptures that we can know a Heavenly Father. It's only through there that God reveals Himself to us. With all that being said, let me, let me read from Scripture. Let me read from 1 John 3, verse 1. It says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. And I love this verse, but it's kind of one of those things that's kind of consistent with John's writing, that you can kind of read it and just not give it a second thought. You could just brush over it. So I'm going to try and break it down for you a bit this morning. It starts with this word, see. You probably don't think much of the word see, but it comes from this Greek word, harao, if, I'm, if I say that right. But it means to behold, not just to, not just to actually see with your eyes, not just to look at, but actually to see, actually experience, actually know deep inside. It means it's something that you need to know completely, to really understand, a truth to take notice of something of great significance. You know, I remember when I was at Bible college and I was engaged at the time, uh, probably a month or so before I got married, and there was another guy there as well and he was engaged, I think he'd get married five or so months after me. And one of the single guys came up to us and we're just talking for a little bit. And then he asked this question, he said, well, how do you know? It was the same question to both of us. How do you know? How do you know that she's the one? How do you know that's the person you're supposed to be with? How do you know? And we both had the same answer. It wasn't the answer he wanted, but it was, it was the answer he got. He said, you just know. And I've had that same question throughout the years, been asked different times, you know. How did you know? How did you know Liz was the one? How did you know that's who you're supposed to be with? And my answer hasn't changed. You just know. In fact, on our first date, I was leaving and I got in the car and I said to myself, this is the girl I'm going to marry. I just knew it. I mean, Liz took a bit more convincing, but she finally came around, praise God. But I knew it. It was something that had, had pierced my mind. It had um, sunk deep inside. It was something I was so assured of, so sure of, that I could almost see it. And I think that's what's in the in picture here with this word, see. Uh, it, it even throws us back to the beginning of this chapter, uh, beginning of this um, book, this letter. Let me read the first four verses of 1 John. It says, That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen, it's the same word, with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it, same word again, and we testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen, same word again, and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. You know, John was with Jesus. He saw Jesus in the flesh, face to face. He, he did what the, the prophets throughout Israel's history and, and people throughout Israel only dreamed they could have done, to, to hear what Jesus was saying, to, to witness what Jesus did. You know, he saw, he was a part of Jesus' teachings. He witnessed those many miracles. 
we saw Jesus transfigured in his glory. And I can't even comprehend what that actually means. I, I read it in the Bible and I go, cool. Uh, you know, he saw Jesus' death on the cross. He saw him rise again. And then he saw him ascend into heaven and go up into the clouds. And now he writes this letter to a church as, as an old man. And he sees himself as, as a father figure. He, he calls people dear children as he writes. And I think if we were to ask him, you know, what stands out? What motivates you? What gives you hope? What, what drives you? I think he would respond with the same verse. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we could be called children of God. The great love the Father has lavished on us. He beckons us to see the love of the Father, of our Heavenly Father, His great love. And, and it almost doesn't really capture it in our, in our English Bibles, because it's not just about the great love, but it's really the kind of love that the Father has lavished on us. Probably the greatest love story of our time I'm sure as I say those words, you know what I'm going to be talking about. You know, it's a movie, it's a movie that just expresses love. And I'm sure you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But you got the same movie in your mind, yeah? <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> no? But especially the scene in episode five, all right? Han Solo's being lowered down into the carbon trees. And Princess Leia is, is sitting there, uh, standing beside and gets to say her, her final words to... Um, Han Solo before he's frozen in carbonite. And she gets to express her true feelings for the first time with the words, I love you. And Han simply responds, I know. It's beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> Doesn't that tug on the heartstrings? But then it gets better because in the next movie, in episode six, they're attacking the Imperial base and they're almost captured. The stormtroopers are there and they think they're done for. But Princess Leia is concealing a weapon. She's got a gun, so she can attack back. And the stormtroopers don't realise, but Han Solo, he, he notices. And he says, oh, I love you. And she simply responds, I know. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> but this is so far from the kind of love that we're talking about. This is so far from the kind of love that the Heavenly Father has for us, that, that John is referring to. It's not that easily changing kind of love that you seen a Hollywood movie like Star Wars or a, a sitcom or whatever, it's not even enough to think about it as the love that we might say when we say we love someone or that we love someone. It's a completely different kind of love. It's not even enough to say that God's love is great. Let, let us see. Let us see what kind of love. It's a love that is immutable. That's a big word, but it means it doesn't change. It cannot change. It's a love that's based on His very character. It's because of His faithfulness. His eternal nature. It is a love that is unfailing. It is eternally fixed. Do you realize that before you were born, before you were conceived, before the world existed, before there was time, God knew each one of you by name and had set His love upon you. That's the kind of love we're talking about. Let me show you something here. Let's, let's, let's think a bit more of this kind of love. Do you realize that there's no sin that I could commit that would be greater than the Father's love for me? All sin, past, present, future, has been done away with on the cross. It's been paid for by God Himself in the sending of, of the Son by the Father, by our Heavenly Father. And it's a gift. This love is a gift. You know, the fact that God's great love for us is a gift means you can't do anything to earn it. You can't be anyone special. 
You can't do anything to deserve it. All you can do is receive it. And even then, you can't even do anything to pay it back. You can't even vow to pay back what you've been given. All you can do is believe. This is the kind of love that the Father has lavished on us. The love of our Heavenly Father that determined that we would be His. You know, when Jesus talks to his disciples and and demonstrates how we should pray, he begins with the words, Our Father, our Father who is in heaven. Our Father, my Father, my God, your Father. Have you ever really contemplated what that means? The wonder that the great love that our Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, children of God. You know, God is redeeming a people to share in that perfect love that he has in the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's why John says in the verse that I read before, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. It's a fellowship of love that is perfect. It is unending. It will not change. And nothing you can do can change that. He loves you no matter what. We are brought together as sons and daughters of God. You know, we come into fellowship with Him through Jesus. And it's nothing less than amazing. The amazing, wonderful thought that we can call ourselves children of God. Do you know that one day we'll see God face to face? And at that moment when we, when we see Him as He is, when we see Him in all His glory, He'll be happier to see you than you could ever be to see Him. Do you believe that this morning? God did not send His Son, Jesus, to condemn us, but He did so to save us. And he did this out of love, out of his great love for us. His view of you is not based on your goodness or on your character, but is based on his character. His work in you through Jesus Christ. And what I want you to to catch this morning, what I want you to to really pick up this morning is, uh, is these words and the significance of them. See, take a look of, take hold, really know what these words mean. You know, if you know God this morning, if you know the Father through faith in Jesus Christ, I'd like you to take a moment to, to pause, to really pause, and, and to pause, in fact, pause often, as often as you can, and revel in the fact that God's great love for you has made you his child. And John's words here, they, can, uh, they have an uh, application for us as earthly fathers and how we relate to our children as well. Because I think all of biblical parenting can be summed up in these words. Love your children like the Heavenly Father loves you. As Christian parents, and I think especially as fathers, and I'm learning this more and more, I think we need to lavish grace and love on our children. And I think this, and I really believe that this is what will lead them to follow Christ. This will motivate them to walk with Him. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that, that is what we are. Let me pray this morning. Thank you, God, for the miracle that it is that you came down, you sent your son Jesus to die for us, you showed such incredible love, and by no means of ourselves or anything we do or say or who we are, your love is always there for us, and you know us by name, and you have made us your children. I thank you that our hope is in you, our future is in you, and everything is in you, and nothing we can do can change that, because your love for us is eternal and everlasting, it is immutable, it is amazing. And we just thank you this morning for who you are in us. Amen. Amen.
about we stand this morning, church, as we just close? You know, as we've gone through this morning and we've just celebrated dads, we've taken a moment to consider our Heavenly Father. And as Scott has so wonderfully put, just to His incredible grace and love for us and mercy towards us. I'm very aware that it's a gift, as Scott said, it's a gift to us. It's not something that automatic, um, even though His love for us is automatic in a sense, but it's a gift that we need to receive ourselves. And it's the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. And I pray that that would be something you would take and reflect about. It just simply says to receive Jesus Christ into our life is to actually just confess Him with our mouth and believe in Him in our heart. And so there's a, there's a need to, that's how we could receive this incredible love. I think Jesus was God's expressed love to humanity. Um, it says, for God so loved the world that He gave Jesus to live on this earth. What a, what a love gift that was, Jesus Christ. And it's a confession and a belief in our hearts. And my prayer would be that you would see that and make that personal response to Him. So important, so important. I'm also aware this morning that, you know, um, we've got different fathering experiences as we've gone on in life. Maybe we didn't have a dad that was that good. Uh, or maybe we had a great dad, but there could be different situations. Or maybe you feel as a dad today, you didn't get it all right. There's times that I've, I've gone to my children and just said, sorry, um, just didn't quite get it right as a dad. I don't think there's the perfect dad, by the way. But you know what? I'm glad that we have a Heavenly Father that ministers into our lives and that it encourages us, whether we were perfect dads or not so perfect, whether we didn't have a perfect dad or we had a great dad. His presence wants to minister into our hearts. And, you know, sometimes um, just heal that which has been bruised or hurt or um, whatever may have happened. So our prayer would be that you'd sense that He is the eternal Father. He's a Father to the fatherless. And I love that. So we're going to sing this last song. I think it's a wonderful song that just in honor and worship of our Heavenly Father right now. Come on. We see what you can do. Oh God of wonders. Your power has no Things you've done before in greater measure, you'll do again. Cause there's no prison wall you can break through, no mountain you can move, all things are possible. There's no
Father, as we go today and the rest of this week into it, uh, Lord, we, we just thank you that you're the Father that is eternal. You're better than any dad we've ever experienced. And while we may not necessarily see you with flesh on, I thank you that you did send Jesus and he was flesh and blood amongst us. And while we've not had that privilege today to see that, we can read your word and see the living word come out of it. We thank you for all that you've done for us. And that through your Holy Spirit now, that you can be with us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that people would sense your presence today in this place. And it would be more than just that feeling we have or more than just that sensation, but we'd acknowledge it's your presence. And we thank you that you reflect what our Heavenly Father reflects. Incredible love for us and care. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, church. Why don't you stay for um, morning tea today? There is a photo booth for fathers out there if you wanted to take a photo. <laughs> Have a great day today.